0: And yeah. Welcome in to 11 personnel, Nick Roush and Adam Luckett talking a little Kentucky football, a little SEC football. And the last time we were here, we were we were waiting on Wondell Robinson. Well, he made us wait all the way till Friday. But before lunchtime, we were already popping bottles, doses and mimosas, champagne and other stuff uh man that was a throwback song really enjoyed that song in college sorry for that uh quick little detour but man wanda robinson's a kentucky wildcat i don't it
1: yeah it's what we thought we thought it might be a smokescreen there with nebraska or excuse me purdue um seems maybe that's what it was but friday early in the day too i think it was even, it was like 10 a.m 10 30 11 wasn't yeah
0: it? yeah i was set to share my like i I was going to go in with Ryan and then be like, hey, everybody, don't worry about Purdue at 1030. And as soon as they went to commercial break, the news broke. (laughs) Perfect timing. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it it was great timing. And I'm glad he didn't wait until like three o'clock and news dump us, like the freaking league office did over the summer with that bull crap.
1: I was worried about that. It's nice to get it out of the way. Um, maybe had to wait a little long, um, longer than we wanna, wanted. But mm-hmm. um, he's coming back home like we all uh, predicted, and it's a big deal um, to get a proven playmaker added to this offense, a guy with an NFL future, a guy they can use in a lot of different ways at the wide receiver position. Um, it's just going to be another tool for Liam Cohen um, to utilize. And now you look at the offense – They've got they've got some nice tools to play with. You look at Darian Kennard at right tackle, Chris Rodriguez at tailback, Keaton Upshaw tight end. Now Wanda, you're adding Wandell Robinson to the mix. Um, and you look at the returning production receiver wise. I think Kentucky brings back their top six pass catchers with Rig and Ali coming back, and then you add a transfer like Robinson um, to that group. I think that should get you excited for some of the, of the potential of the past game now that they have some pieces back and they're going to um, kind of modernize the offense in, in some certain ways. I think it's uh, something to be very excited about for 2021.
0: I very much enjoyed the Scott Frost slander and the aftermath. Like, huh, we are going to play this guy to running back. He's an NFL wide receiver. What kind of idiot would do that? Just really love the kind of thinly veiled yeah, shot I was to Scott saying. Frost. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, oh, Connor O'Gara, who writes for that Saturday Down South, and he also writes for like the Big Ten version of Saturday Down South. I guess it's under the same media umbrella. He kind of wrote a post with just like was fr- with Frost. It was pretty much I, how can you even trust him at this point? It's two years in a row, they lost a leading receiver. <laughs> um, the guy, um, his name is his name is escaping me right now, but he transferred to TCU. And then robinson this year just just some warning signs that it's not really working out there the quarterback placement rough
0: mm-hmm. man how wild is it like I, I i said this on the radio i i found out about it on my radio show but the only winning season he's ever had as a head coach was the undefeated season which is just remarkable to me how quickly everybody drank the ucf scott frost kool-aid i mean he was only there two years now granted it went from you know, 1-10 to 13-0, and you know, in two years, which is incredible, but, like, as Stoops... I mean, Stoops would talk about it with Grant and the offenses they had at Cincinnati. Like, you know, you can get away with some stuff in that league. You can't get away with stuff in in big boy leagues. And, you know, the Big Ten, they're not... It's better, but it's the Big Ten West, and he can't even win games there. I just... I love watching that guy suck and i'm happy to um to have you know to to, take advantage is the wrong word but hey you had your shot buddy you actually hit the jackpot and then you went and went bankrupt within two years we're gonna we're gonna use that that jackpot that lotto ticket and even though some of that money's been spent we're gonna turn it in some gold here in lexington
1: two things there with the frost i think it's very important in college football to not fall in love with the one-hit wonders. Tom Herman had that great season at Houston.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: next season not so great. Now he's he goes to Texas. He's in over his head. You, um, I think Jamie Chadwell is kind of that guy right now. Yeah. People are talking about and that he's throwing up. Uh, he was the candidate for Vanderbilt. We I've seen his name get thrown into Tennessee. Like, I just want to – let's see it – let's see you do it another year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see you layer big seasons together. And then with Frost, I think the biggest thing for him, and I think it's kind of the reason Malzahn's no longer at Auburn, it's the reason Chad Morris has struggled. Frost came off the Chip Kelly tree where they were running tempo, and teams just didn't know how to defend it. I think people have caught up to that. And I think that's why you see some of – Frost's offense at Nebraska, Malzon's offenses at Auburn, Chad Morris at Arkansas and Auburn. You've just seen that the base of what they do is to go fast, go 100 miles per hour. Um, but now teams are just used to that. And I don't think they've had a counter to that. And I think that's why um, Malzon's free agent right now, Chad Morris is a free agent, and Frost is in a weird spot because Nebraska is all in on him. But what he's doing is not working.
0: Man, I loved mark stoops today on ksr talking about tempo he went so like i know that matt and ryan like they love having stoops on ksr to just be a little bit more candid you know and he'll slip up and he'll he'll curse a few times but usually those candid conversations are limited to just talking about the guys or how things unfold or whatever that may be and it's generally kind of it's it's usually the kind of general media stuff that we're all used to. Today he went on and on and on like X's and O's nerdy football stuff. And first and foremost, I just would have loved to have seen the look on Matt's face when he started talking about split zones and uh <laughs> pin and pull. Like I just I and mean, I was at least happy that Matt made him clarify pin and pull. Um, which in a post tonight I shared a video that like It's it's kind of easy to describe, but if you just see it happen, uh, two guys block down, you pull a guard. We called it the belly play. It's exactly played peewee football. Yeah, you you pin the guys down, you pull a guard outside. But when he was going in depth, he was like, you know, tempo's great at times, but like a lot of these teams, they're just running plays to run plays. He's like, that's not good football. You're just wasting your time, and you're not even trying to attack. The defense's weaknesses and like that's the kind of thinking that i like my head coach to have like it i you know, like, it's just not guys out there trying to uh bombard you with quantity there needs to be some quality in there and the tempo that he's talking about is like hey you can get in a huddle and then run up to the line of scrimmage really quick and still deceive the defense like there, there's different ways to do this you don't just need to be play after play after play because you know what Offenses get tired too, <laughs> like that. That all the, the rules have changed to where you aren't just going to be uh, catching teams completely off guard. They, like you said, they've caught up to it, and I, I just the the way Stoops talked about tempo and the different running styles, it got me fired up as a football nerd because we we rarely hear him talk like that.
1: Yeah, you. know, That's nothing you often get from Stoops. Is that was kind of like some film room talk. Which was uh, exciting to hear, especially for somebody that's in all into that kind of stuff. Um, but it's again, it's the things we've talked about here on Eleven Personnel, moving the platform for the quarterback, easy predetermined reads, um, out getting the outside zone because outside zone, like he said, you can really what he was getting at, I think, was getting more explosive type plays. Um, yeah, instead uh, of like five in, yards at a time, right? Inside, you, you're uh, it's more power game. Pretty much, and then outside, you, you can bust off some more long runs and it under center, which is something we've talked about how that's going to set up the play action game and some of the boots um, and some of the flow you can do off, do off of that um, with the receivers and the condensed formations. And then I think I'm glad he brought that up the condensed formations with the receivers, which is something I've talked about a lot. Basically, what that does last year, we saw teams just say, you know, pretty much give Kentucky receivers a finger in the game and said, you can't you can't beat us one on one. They're pretty much just challenging you, but Kentucky did not adjust well. And so what what they've done now is with these condensed formations, Nick, it makes it where it's pretty much impossible to play man to man. You can't just line up and play press man because one rub and then you're wide open. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it what it does is create zones. And then with those zones, it's you can look to the line of scrimmage um, Cohen can have a check, hopefully, or somebody can see based on film study, and you're like, okay, they're in cover three. All right, Bo, look at your wristband. One, two, three. That you know, it's just what they study all week. Um, that's kind of what um LSU did with Brady, Joe Brady last year. Joe uh, Joe Burrow would they would line up. Joe Burrow would look to the sideline and they would he would just have predetermined reads for him on most plays. You McVay did that with Goff, his first big year, and that, that was something that Goff really um, allowed him to t- take a big jump, and I think that's what you're going to see next year. There's going to be a lot of predetermined reads because they're going to get teams out of press man coverage, make them um, drop into zones, and that should create some easy throws for the quarterback. And I think that's something we're going to see a lot of. Um, and with Kentucky's personnel this year, you're going to see you know, a tight end there, but you're also going to see two shifty receivers in Ollie and Wandell Robinson. So it's going to be a yeah. matchup for defenses um, yeah. to try to figure out.
0: And first things first, it's it's the like the the concept of this is very simplistic, and you you would do it when you play like intermediate flag football, like let's get in a bunch and then just run some mesh stuff, and one guy's going to get open because the guys you're playing somebody's just going to mess up. Like this stuff works at the college level too, yeah. Um and, and then to take it a step further, what I like about having the tight ends is you can do this stuff without getting in just a trips bunch formation with three wide receivers so like in when you would play NCAA football that trips bunch formation was great for the the toss sweeps um you know because you had guys there ready to, to to block down but in this instance you can have uh it can just be 12 personnel where it's like your kind of base package where you've got an H back there Lined up, you know, two yards behind the tight end, and put somebody in motion, and then that creates a natural mesh two yards down the field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, th- thats where things can get can get really fun, and you can run the same plays over and over, just with slightly different, you know, just out of different formations. It's yes. it, it it keeps it simple, and that's like Stoops didn't go into as much detail. I don't think you really want to show your entire hand <laughs> um, when it comes to stuff like this, but. Uh, I'm I'm glad he at least kind of mentioned that because here's, I mean, they face some pretty good corners and that's the easiest way to to mitigate that problem that you have throughout this league.
1: We saw when Leach played Pelini all the way back in September. They played man and he just, <laughs> he just created rubs and little picks and they, they were wide open for a record setting day and then everybody else played on, you know, dropped in his own. So, there's going to be – that's that's the real goal, I think, of the offense. Um, and we're getting – we've gotten proof today from words, pretty much saying it is the Rams' style that they're getting. It's not what mm-hmm. Cohen did before. It's Specifically, the Rams, it's the outside zone. It's the condensed formations. It's the bootlegs. That's what the offense is going to be. And then the mixing up tempos I thought was interesting. You know, they can get in their four-minute offense, but they can also do some things, like I would assume, like some muddle huddles where you're doing a little quick huddle and getting to the line. You could go no huddle there for a couple plays in a row. That's something Kentucky really hasn't experimented with at all, and I think it's something that that could maybe go in their favor, especially with a veteran offensive line, um, and a veteran-skilled talent, because really when you look at Rhonda Robinson coming over, he's got two years at Nebraska. You look at Ali. Upshaw, Enrigat tight in, Rob Rodriguez, Smoke in the backfield. Like, you've got some old guys on the roster that should have the capacity to, you know, be able to learn some stuff and be able to catch some stuff on the fly. So I think that was really interesting because we thought of Stoops as kind of this ball control, ball control, ball control. That's what everything is. It's just ball control. Well, really now it's, you see them kind of make it the transition of we need to score more points, we need to mix some stuff up, and some of that comes with tempo. And I think that was a good thing to hear today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, and it, it also makes sense why Cohen was the man. And it's not just the kind of after the fact talk, but how excited he got talking about the different ways to run the football and how it can, like, you're, you're building off of what you already have.
1: Yeah. Uh, so like they, he thinks they can unlock some more stuff in the ground game where they can be even more efficient and explosive. Um, Because what they were doing previously was just a lot of inside stuff. Um, And then then really the only outside stuff they've really done was really the Q run with the counters and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like he said, they, I, I've never, I've never seen them run outside. I'm not saying they haven't, but I've never seen it um, from all my game watching. So it's going to be something new and something um, different, but I think it's exciting. And, um, they're inheriting a good offensive line to kind of, you know, take on more of that stuff because they've got two guys at right guard and right tackle that are pretty dang good, Fortner mm-hmm. and Kennard that they're going to lean on heavily. I would, I would think, uh, for those for those new run actions.
0: No, no, you're you're exactly right. Um, Stoops he spoke for an hour on KSR today, and I was curious if there were any other things that really jumped out at you uh you know aside from the uh the kind of x's and o's talk he had there
1: uh i'm trying to think not not necessarily i would say i guess just the whole recruiting philosophy um, why this was a small class because they mm-hmm. knew the transfer thing was happening
0: and the kind of like who knows with returners as well, you know, like right. we're kind of just going to have to keep it close to the vest, but he did confirm they're going to be adding some more bodies, whether it's now or whether it's in May, you know, that could change. Um And he also, the, the one thing that I, man, do you want to talk about if there was not bingo, but I'm thinking more of player props. And who Stoops would give a shout out to? I mm-hmm. did not see coming was Tay Tay Crooms, a guy who, yeah. I mean, look at this. It's not an exaggeration. I have not heard from him since Media Day, his freshman year, two years ago. Now he's going to his third year of the program, and now Stoops is saying he's got some wiggle. I, I, I expect him. I'm, I'm hoping he takes a big step
1: forward. Yeah, I did not expect to see that that was a guy I thought we could see popping the portal at any time now. But, but he has some traits when you look at his high school tape, like it's speed, a guy that can uh, take the top off the defense. Um, so I was very, I was very surprised to, to hear that. Um, but like I talked about last week, I think it's these Louisville recruits. I think it's important to develop some of these guys and get these guys to be players because they've got a lot of momentum there right now. And you were, you can develop these guys and have them produce, it's going to even help you out even more in the city of Louisville. Um, and for that guy, for Crooms, and like some other players, it's just a fresh start on mm-hmm. offense. And so some guys, you know, you just needed that because uh, maybe things didn't go their way or they were not, you know, thought of too highly by the old coaches. Now you got a you gotta clean slate. You got a chance to, to do uh, really – it's like transferring but not transferring. Because mm-hmm. you're stay, you're staying at some place, but you get a new coach, um, a new a new head honcho of the offense, so you got a chance to make a big first impression. So, when specifically talking about that, it's a huge huge spring for a lot of guys uh, because there is a roster crunch. Like there's a cut line,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: there's going to be a handful of guys that aren't that aren't going to be there. Maybe be around for spring ball that won't be there come fall camp. So um, it's put up or shut up time for a few guys. I would say on the roster. And Croons may be around that. You know, he might he may need be a guy that needs to have a pretty big sprint.
0: Well, and for me, we we heard it with Ali. Um, I mean, it certainly applies to Wandale. But like the the most successful wide receivers in that McVay system haven't necessarily been, you know, the guys who are just dudes out there on the edge. That yeah, but he also hadn't
1: had those guys either. I think that's something to remember too
0: like yeah, yeah everybody wants a
1: julio jones <laughs> you know what i'm saying like they, right right he had to adjust to his personnel which is what the end well which which is what all coaching is but specifically kind of the nfl you, you get you get who you get and you have to you have to roll with that so um but yeah i think with kentucky's roster it's a lot of a lot of similar to kind of what the rams had and so you got to make it work with the guys you got
0: and Tay-Tay, personally, I want the Butler kid to do well. Um Butler, my, my dad's alma mater, he was a bear. He uh back when he was playing he he only played basketball though. He was basketball and baseball. He was a he was a pretty boy. The uniforms, the basketball uniforms they had back in the day were incredible. Red, white, and blue with like a bunch of like like a the the zigzags were supposed to look like a bear claw ripping through the <laughs> the jersey. But uh suda e is some around here I like to refer to it at times they're keeping the lively and shavely, and i'd like to see tay tay bring the lively shavley to lexington <laughs> when i watched him play in high school craziest ending to a football game i've ever seen and they're they playing my, my details team and had no business losing and gotta i think they got a punt blocked and then the sales threw a hail mary and won on that. Like it was wild. Uh, there was it. Uh, I, I'm I'm not getting the details right, but there was so many just dumb things that went the wrong way that caused them to lose. Because I was an in interview Tay Tay afterwards, and it was such a devastating loss. I was like, eh, can't do that. That would be that would be kind of mean at this point because they they should not have lost. Um, But the block punt, there was a bad flag in there too, I think, and then they just chucked it deep and hell mary for the win that was whoo that was fun man miss going to to high school games um the pandemics made it weird i've been watching high school basketball games on um what is that nfhs and it's so weird like it because they have just the there's not a kid behind a camera it's one of those cameras that's like motion activated or whatever oh yeah so i mean it, it works great but like sometimes you'll you'll miss some things sometimes you don't even know what's happening with the score because you can't just look up to the scoreboard um but it's you know it's not the same as being there and uh i, I miss it luckily jcps they're getting back to high school basketball um at the end of the month i don't know what took so long like it's like it, like covid stuff aside you know delaying stuff a month ain't gonna change how this pandemic goes like it's not gonna get dramatically better in a month I care how many vaccines you got it's just not we're a year into this thing now <laughs> so like the whole yeah. the whole reason yeah. for delaying it like i get i get not bringing kids back to school it's exponentially more kids than the 10 per school or 30 per school that would have to play sports or, but i mean some of that stuff you know people just they're, they're cya and you're covering your ass, and uh, you know we live CYA free here at Eleven Personnel. We just shoot from <laughs> the dead.
1: That's right. That's right. No, no uh, liability clauses here.
0: No, no, none at all. Um, one other thing that I was shocked to hear Mark Stoops say on, on KSR, he uh, he seemed. The events that have unfolded at the University of Tennessee, not only did they not surprise him, he was happy to see it happen.
1: <laughs> That's coming from a guy that is recruited against Tennessee fairly often in the last couple of halls. And
0: and I just I love the fact that it's a, like
1: – There's also – I just want to – before we get it out there, like I've never confirmed this. This is just kind of me reading the tea leaves, but Mark Stoops was at three years, was at Florida State. He built this a defense. Pruitt gets to come in, say, one year, wins the national championship, and pretty much got all of the credit. Like, personally, I think there's probably a little something, <laughs> probably a little something there that he's, that he, that he, uh, that Stoops didn't love. And then Pruitt kind of gets the Alabama job, was at Georgia, gets the Tennessee job yeah I think there's a little something there
0: uh, well in in all of that aside I just love the fact that Stoops does not mind taking shots at rivals like between Louisville and Satterfield is just like I mean what, what we this is a rivalry buddy grow up um whenever Satterfield tried to complain about the L's down and then in this instance it's like well you know what I'm glad it happened to him you know take that I'm, yeah. I'm grateful it happened is the way he put it and He's a Kentucky guy now. Hates Tennessee. Oh, man, it's great. It's so <laughs> great. And the recruiting battles they've had with some of those guys got nasty. Mm-hmm. I know Ripko was one that they won out for. Oxendine was one that got nitty-gritty uh, on. And then the kid that went to Knoxville Catholic. Uh, Tyler Barron. Yeah. I,
1: they,
0: that one felt like one that Tennessee got their qual, uh, You know, they might have. Dropped a happy meal or two off. Like it felt like UK <laughs> was very confident something was going to happen, but that was the case where his dad worked for them, and they kind of, you know, they did what they had to do to make it happen. And I just, I, I love that Stoops now is is happily getting the last laugh because, like it, Knoxville's burning, man. It's on fire.
1: Before we we're gonna dive into Tennessee. And, I've kind, and I've kind of been waiting. I've kind of been waiting since that Gator Bowl fiasco, the shuffle where all of you all heard my thoughts about Philip Fulmer. But how about in the last few months, Dan Patrick becoming a walking message board? Like he had the whole, the whole, all the Ohio State stuff, or the Big Ten. Um, Nebraska gonna leave the Big Ten, and now he's got. And also. That's, ultimate like i swear that's the ultimate message board like byline post
0: In in and, and also not a it,
1: bag full of cash
0: this is this is like stuffed like dan patrick's never been a newsbreaker either so the fact that he got all that big 10 stuff right i don't question this stuff he was calling out tennessee weeks ago and he's been banging the georgia drum as well mm-hmm. so i mean um, maybe they're next it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world i don't know but (laughs) you know it was like in in stoops kind of echoed the sentiment that patrick had that they were sloppy and you know what tennessee what goes around comes around and your boy phil fulmer he had a rough monday he had a real rough monday
1: let's go through the timeline here okay? okay Because you know, was
0: it Wednesday night last week where you named Kevin Steele interim yeah. head coach-in-waiting?
1: Yeah. Well, I just I want to go back just general. Fomer okay. gets hired. He has a coup again, his second major coup at the University of Tennessee in the last three <laughs> decades. He he uh, takes over before they could hire Mike Leach. He comes out, blows up the search, interviews three guys, hires Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy Pruitt's first year, hires the staff. They stink. They go five and seven. Um, they got two upsets over Auburn and Kentucky, which they really had no business winning those games. They had um, embarrassing blowout losses. Vanderbilt smoked them. Florida smoked them. Georgia smoked them. Everybody they lost to, they, it was a bad loss. Um, so they go into the offseason and they gut this entire staff. They go out and pay Jim Chaney, but $2 million, whatever. They go and hire Derek Ansley for over a million to run the defense. Um, so they they invest big time in in, in Pruitt, which is Falmer's doing. Like, Falmer has to approve all that. They, they get all that approved. They build him. Um, he wanted a new practice field, a new uh, some addition to the facility. They built all of that. It's done. He wanted a third practice field is what it was. Um, they had two practice fields, but Pruitt needed three. So they go on. He has – he wins the six games in a row after losing to Georgia State. Um, they're going to take a bite out of everybody's ass. He gets a raise in September right before the season starts. They win two games. They go into Georgia game this year, Nick. And you would have thought it was a top 10 matchup to talk into that game. Like I think Tennessee walked into Sanford Stadium that day thinking they're gonna win. Well, they got their ass kicked. They turn around the next week. Kentucky kicks their ass. And then it just a uh, landslide from there. And so we get to this point. And at the end of the season, before they play a all of a sudden there's that leak that there's an investigation.
0: Boom, boom, boom.
1: Their starting running back didn't play. Their backup quarterback, who was supposed to be in the rotation, Brian Maurer, didn't play. Um, not really COVID-related. They're supposed to play in a bowl game. COVID pops up. They cancel the bowl game. They have a hiring freeze.
0: That lasted, what, a week?
1: And then they hire uh, Kevin Steele who was a finalist when they hired Pruitt and still, if some people remember that following the coaching search, he tried to pull a coup himself. Uh He tried after Malzahn got fired, he tried to hurry up and get some boosters to pressure the AD, the new AD there to hire him as head coach. So he comes in and then I guess what a week, week and a half later, um, we would find out that Jeremy Pruitt and six other assistants are fired um, for for what what's essentially paying players. I'm guessing is what we're, what we're dropping bags. Of, right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Being the cheatest cheaters that ever
1: cheated. Right. So this whole thing, F- Fulmer comes in like you cannot, you, it's just not 1989 anymore. <laughs> like you, you just can't like, it's not like, you know, you retire as a coach. Yeah. You, know, you go be like the assistant principal at high school in high school or whatever.
0: Yeah, that's what it used to be like back in the day. It just the coaches were the ADs.
1: It's just that's not how the stuff works anymore. Um, what you saw at Auburn is how it's supposed to work. Like the AD takes the information from the boosters, he listens to the interim guy, and then goes out and does a, a long search and then makes the best decision. You don't, don't do what Tennessee has done where you let um, your famous alumni coach kind of come in and wedge out your athletic director to hire. Uh, to hire a guy that really like Pruitt, what like he wasn't Kirby smart, you know what I'm saying? Like there was there was definitely some there with like you know how good is this guy? Would he manage the program? There's there's definitely some kind of small time stuff I I think for him where he was going to have some major job training like everyone does, but um, but the, he didn't he didn't seem like he was on the level for the Tennessee gig, but he gets it anyway, former. They tried to do the Barry Alvarez, Wisconsin thing. It, <laughs> failed. it failed tremendously. They have, you know, two of the, you know, that's a run, his three-year run, he won six close games in their winning streak. But other than that, it was, I mean, it was as bad as Dooley's in a lot of ways because the, the losses were awful. I mean, they were blowouts. And they were paying the like
0: two million dollars yeah. to assistant coaches, too. I mean, they were mm-hmm. spending money. Out the wazoo to a good coaching staff. And um, really, what do they have to show for? It's full. As Phil Fulmer said, well, the recruiting was certainly pretty good.
1: Yeah. How about that?
0: (laughs) The thing is, like, is he, he's a guy who's been talking to the media for a long time. This is his last, like, just get me through this. And then, I uh, you know my my last hurrah it's over with I'm done I can just go I can just go away and be the guy that won in '98. Well, he's been so used to the canned answer of like defending Jeremy Pruitt that well the recruiting's been good the future's bright that he he just went right back to it even though he was in a press conference announcing the termination of Pruitt who was fired for cheating while recruiting. I mean the irony was just. Magnificent. One
1: of the most SEC moments of all time.
0: I, I can't even like – I mean, that's going to live in infamy. That's got to be in the montages of, you know, when they have those, those clips of uh, like, Auburn's oh, going to win the football game. You've got to add Phil Fulmer saying uh, recruiting was good. <laughs> <laughs> that really long awkward pause oh my god that was that was yeah. devastating
1: yeah and then you okay they have the chancellor which is like the president of the university of tennessee knoxville and then you have the president of the ut system so i guess overseas, UT overseas yeah chattanooga whatever other schools are, are in tennessee the system.
0: state maybe isn't there yeah
1: yeah Yeah, i didn't know if middle tennessee fell under that or not yeah, I don't know either, but at least but Martin they Chandler. both, yeah. but they both those guys, both that, that, um, the chancellor, um, lady, I've, I can't think of her name. And then the president, they both take a torch to Jeremy Pruitt, <laughs> like how saying that, you know, how this is wrong. What he did was un- unbelievable. We couldn't believe it. We're going to find somebody with, you know, integrity in the right way. All while the guy that's supposed to be overseeing him for through all of this is just sitting there, and then they sit there and say, "You know, Fulmer's a good, good coach. We oh, remember him. We they, still admire him the same as we did when he wrote rose that crystal ball in Tempe in '98." That
0: was the wildest statement of them all. We're as proud of him now as when he won the national championship. Like,
1: dude, you're forcing him to retire because he made such a horrific hire. Like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, I just. I just – they're the gift that keeps on giving. And <laughs> I will give them credit. Like, as long as Fomer there, I, I stood firm on this. Like, they were never – nothing good was going to happen. Like, it was they were going to be a train wreck. Because you can't – you just can't operate that way anymore. It just doesn't work like that. And then you've got a coach out there who's fine firing defensive line coaches four games into the season. And then says – In the middle well, of games. And he says, oh, I'm not – I'll coach position. Like, dude, you got eight hundred, other thousand things to do. Like, what are you doing? The same head coach who gets a Tennessee, the Tennessee, the Tennessee job, and says, "Oh well, I'm going to call the defense." Like, that's Nick Saban doesn't even call his own defense. There's only one, like Gary Patterson is the only defensive coach I know that calls the defense. Everyone else has to give it up because it's too much. Hell, there's stoops. too much other stuff to do.
0: Only did it whenever DJ Elliott, like, went off the reservation halfway through yeah. the 14th he, he, season,
1: maybe? Well, he had to. Yeah, it was 16. And he had to because, remember, they, they were giving up – they gave up 50 points in New Mexico State. Jim McElwain dropped 45 on them. Yeah, they lost, yeah. Southern Miss scored, like, 45 on them.
0: That was a break class if in case of emergency. Right, yeah. right. That was just yeah. like,
1: let's fix it. I'll just handle this right now and then get to the end of the year.
0: And then we but, man – I, it's one of those things like it. I don't know which part of this is funnier to me. The Because there's been so many just beautiful contradictions um, between the Fulmer statement, what the chancellors were saying, and then the fans just, they are so adamantly speaking on how, uh, they, they're reminding everybody, we are not mad. I promise you, we are not mad. We are not mad right now. We are so not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. So, guys, just accept it. You're 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 the you're the punchline of the SEC right now. You're the biggest losers. Like you did it. Vandy even knows how to hire a football coach better than you. They've had how many coaches in Derek Mason's tenure alone? Was it two or three?
1: I'm trying to think if Dooley was there. I don't think, I'm trying to think when Dooley was fired. Um, but I think it was it's two. Pretty close. I think Dooley left before he got there.
0: But nevertheless, that's what you – Yeah, because
1: Stoops, Butch Jones's first year were 2013. Dooley's last year was 2012.
0: Gotcha. So it gotcha. was two. But I mean, it's just, it amazes me how self righteous that group of buffoons is that. I mean, I just, I'm so happy to see this happen to them. It couldn't happen to a better group of people. And, I mean, oh, well, we beat you, UK the whole time, blah, 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 blah. Just stick it up your pipe and smoke it, buddies. Go cheer. You, oh, you're a basketball school now? They're getting ran out of the gym by a Florida team that doesn't have their three best players right now. I mean, it is, I just love seeing bad things happen to that school. And the best part of this all, Luckett, is that, it's not to say that they could have just swept this all under the rug, but like this was an internal investigation. Like this was their own investigation that they started. Yeah, and they're calling they, on themselves. Yes, and they did this just to save twelve million dollars because they made a stupid contract extension for Jamie Pruitt, but they're cutting the no, their nose off despite their face. If this stuff is as bad as it seems right now. What, two, three-year postseason ban? What do you think the scholarship limitations are going to be? That's probably going to hurt them more than anything else. They are going to be in trouble for at least three or four years. It is going to take a long time just for them to get back to the shit show they were when they initially hired Fulmer and let him bully John Curry out of hiring Greg Shiano, which, hey, guys, Greg Shiano is actually respectable at Rutgers now. He won as many games as you did this year.
1: Yeah, the Butch Jones was the watermark of this era, <laughs> 2015, 20, 2016 20, years where the, they were the watermark. And they, they what
0: won on a Hail Mary at Georgia, like, I mean, just got by on the skin of their teeth with Alvin Kamara, just an all pro running back back there. <laughs>
1: but I, 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 what you said is right, Nick, uh, taking off their nose to spite their face and telling on themselves and doing all, what well, is just a disaster it looks like. But this, in order for them to go in the right direction, like they had to get a new AD and they had to get a new head coach. So if this helps, if this gets them to that, that point faster, I think it's probably a good move. What I worry about, if I was a Tennessee fan, here would be my concerns right now, but thank the good Lord Jesus. I'm not a Tennessee fan.
0: Oh God, we wouldn't be friends.
1: First off, you you've got to like you've got to go all in on this AD search. You have to take your time with it, and you don't have to hire a, ten, a guy with Tennessee ties, someone that bleeds orange. You just gotta hire a good AD because the difference between a good AD and a good football coach is a good ADs don't leave their jobs when they get when you get a, a good AD they they stay at one place when they get to these schools. Mm-hmm. They don't go anywhere. Get a good AD, and then they, they once you hire that. He needs to get everybody in line, the boosters, and say to everybody, like, what you all did for this last 15 years, it's broken. It doesn't work. We're going to do things my way. We're going to have protocols, how we're going to go about doing everything. And then you got to hire a football coach, and hopefully they hire the right one. They're going to have a chance, but you like you said, the sanctions are going to make it a little difficult. It's still going to be a good job, um, but it's just different. Like, for Tennessee, it's hard, man. It's hard for Tennessee and Alabama to be good at the same time. That's just kind of – that's each – that's their kryptonite. When Tennessee was good with Fulmer, Alabama was down. Um, now that they're that, that Tennessee's gone with this rise with Saban, that's been Tennessee's down period, the uh, lowest period in program history. It's just hard for both of them to be good. So as long as Saban's there, there's a hard cap uh, on them. And then when you look at where Fulmer recruited, like the Carolinas, Clemson's, Clemson's got that locked down right now. So it's just, it's just hard. What they need to do is get back into ten- – Tennessee has – a talent uprising right now. Nashville's blowing up. They need to try to take over that state. They're, they're letting too many teams come in there and poach players. Try to take over that state and get to a point where you can win seven, eight games and then where you can make a jump when maybe Saban gets out of there. But they're they they they're just – there's too many cooks in the kitchen. It's kind of the same problems Texas has. Um, Nebraska feels like they are they finally had everybody pulling in the same direction, but the coach they hired just hasn't been able to get stinks. it done.
0: Yep, not good.
1: So it's just, uh it's just they're in a tough spot. Like they have to realize, like the expectations are lower. But this might be the thing that drops everybody down a few pegs and calms, calms some of the rough seas. I think going with Kevin Steele right now is probably your best option. But I will be worried about recruiting because if you got an extended coaching search going on, it it could just make thing make things tough. um Steele's is a pretty good recruiter. Maybe he could kind of do what Matt Luke did where he kept um, recruiting at a certain level, and then it's set up for where they could go hire um, a pretty good coach, which is what they seems, they, seems that they have now in Lane Kiffin. Um, but but from Kentucky's point of view, it's an, it's an opportunity, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Tennessee is entering this weird period. They're going to have scholarship limitations. They've got this cloud hanging over them. It's going to be all, all this offseason, all of next season. 2022, they get a new coach in there, but it's going to be probably a tough year zero, where that's kind of you know you're going to kind of have to figure stuff out. So where you look at Kentucky, they're kind of peaking right now under Stoops. I think, you know, and you mentioned the Georgia thing that something may come from that. Um, Florida's kind of a mess. Bandy and Missouri mm-hmm. have new co- South Carolina have new coaches. Strike! Well, that earns hot. There's like I think like what we're seeing kind of develop here, I think is a a win there's there's a window for kentucky right now mm-hmm. Satterfield's a mess at louisville they, they're not even getting challenged by them in recruiting for the most part in state there's a window um, for kentucky to strike and if this cohen if this hire hits this offensive coordinator hire like people that hire hits
0: quarterback hits too
1: if that yeah if the hire hits like if you, the dream is to go to atlanta if not go to Atlanta, maybe go 10 and 2 and play in a new York 6 like Go to the Sugar, Sugar Bowl,
0: man! What a day like, that would these, be.
1: These, these, I think these these next three years of the year. I think it's right now. Like what everything Kentucky's built with Stoops, and like we thought it would be this last year, and then 2018 where they had a chance. But I think the window's here right now. If they hit on if they hit on the offense, like it's the opportunities there, and I think that from Kentucky's point of view, that's the big thing right now. There is a, I think there's a, like you just said, got to strike while the iron's hot. It looks like. Right now you're gonna have you're gonna have your shot to really go out there and make a swing and make a big splash and maybe have a run that you've always dreamt of, like similar to the run that Antonio had at Michigan State where they're winning 10 games a couple years in a row. Mm-hmm. Your chance I think the chances here, and part of it's doing the, the Tennessee's down, and maybe that's the kind of the first um thing that breaks your way. Um, but you talk about the Tennessee streak, it's now it's time for Kentucky to put a win streak together against them.
0: woo Man, you got me fired up like it. And it's not just dancing on Tennessee's graves. Sometimes I'm more of a short-term thinker, and I can only just really just enjoy the the volunteers. Tears, with an emphasis on that part of the word. But I'm, I'm glad you spelled it out that way, because it's not just the fact that there's going to be three new coaches next year in the division, but also that, I mean, like even though Drinkwit's a pretty good ball coach, like, you can still keep them at bay. Like, that's a big game, but you can keep them at bay. Well, he and, just
1: lost his defensive coordinator. You don't know. Yeah. You know how, because that's.
0: Well, Bolton. I mean. It, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they're uh, yeah. recruiting. Like, they, he's recruiting now, but, you know, that takes a while to get going.
1: One so. hit wonders, too, a little bit kind of thing. You know. Right, I, right. I like so, him. He's passing some checkpoints, but let's see him. Let, let's see you layer it together because he's going to hit a bump in the road like in this league like people are going to figure him out he's going to have to readjust
0: exactly exactly um but it's it's an exciting time to be a kentucky fan
1: right now um
0: man how long are we gonna have to wait for a schedule Um.
1: i know i'm ready for it now i need (laughs) to see how that breaks out but yeah you get let's talk about that sketch like we don't know it yet but man it breaks like it's a nice schedule, man. Three non conference teams are b- bad. We get Terry Bowden and Rich Rodriguez coming to Lexington. Dude, on that Labor is hilarious.
0: The, the the fact that not only are we get Rich Rod, we're going to get to play his kid too at ULF. Yeah. Were they, they, they weren't as bad as Akron last year, but they were close, right? They were like 128th, 129th in FBS.
1: The bottom fell out on them this past year. Before that, they had. They were some decent years, like they were winning three, four, or five games in the Sun Belt, like five and seven, six and six, being somewhat competitive. Um, but it, it felt the bottom fell out on them um, this past year, and that's why they're Terry Bowden's their new football coach. But yeah, but you look at just like look at the home schedule. The home schedule was awesome. You get Tennessee, you get Florida, which will probably be early you get what's the other you get missouri who come now it's a different i think there's gonna be a little more excitement for that missouri game than there usually yeah. is
0: plenty plenty of juice in that game
1: and then you get lsu those are your four sec home games
0: that's pretty awesome and you got to go to Starkville. rule who i'm sure things well, are gonna be fixed there like this is the unit. you want to talk about another opening yeah, like, you want
1: to talk about streaks in and that's the, this is all right This time the Move along, Cowbells. It's time to end that. Like, go down there play well and win. Like, it's time. <laughs> oh, man. But you go to South Carolina, Vanderbilt, those yeah. are both winnable. You're probably, Ooh. like, your favorite in both those games.
0: hmm Speaking of schedules, so I got something coming out probably later today. Y'all probably won't be able to listen to it until after this podcast. Um, but I spent, earlier this week, I spent an hour talking with Phil Hostins and Quentin Bohanna, just, just talking ball you know it was a big like let's just talk about how your careers went you know just just kind of cutting up a little bit it was it was really fun i think y'all will really enjoy it um and just a few things to tease one thing that i was shocked like it when i asked him about the 10 game sec schedule because you know this this year was brutal but they were like oh they should do it all the time not like I think the way they put it was, let's do it every other year. But, like, getting up – it's like, (laughs) Bohanna goes, nobody wants to play Toledo. Like, sorry, Phil, nobody cares about Toledo. Um, But getting up each week for that SEC game fired them up. And even though they took their lumps, I was surprised to hear just how much they love the SEC schedule.
1: Yeah, um, I think for them – Like, the season stunk for a lot of ways because they couldn't see their family. You're kind of locked in. It was a grind, but it was also a good measuring stick because you got to play good teams every week. Mm -hmm. There was never that lull in the schedule. It was always an exciting opponent to go play. I think from that point was probably the the best part, Um, Mm -hmm. which is why eventually we will be going to, like, you heard people talk early in the week. They should do this every year, play 10 SEC games every year. I don't think that'll happen, but I definitely think um, this may push them in the direction to go to nine, but if the SEC team keeps winning championships, they don't really have to do that either.
0: Right, right. There's no motivation. You know, yeah. they don't they don't have to prove it. They they
1: almost got two in with playing a ten game SEC only schedule
0: this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, they confirmed our theory that uh, they think very little of every other team from every other conference especially in bowl games
1: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) the bulletin board material we couldn't get before the game oh we got it after the game um so those guys are a treat uh Cuban Phil they they never hesitate to talk smack they talk plenty smack to each other their teammates it it was it was a lot of fun um but I did want to save up some of it because it's just I got so much it's it's so much gold like you're talking about playing next to Josh Allen like I mean, imagine getting to rush the passer next to that guy. Like, that would make your life easy. Like, hey, uh, just go get him, Josh. So uh, that's something y'all certainly should listen to. I'm going to have it up on the YouTube page, uh, the KSR Football podcast feed. There will be plenty of ways to to in, enjoy all of that. So uh, just something to keep in your tickler file uh for later on in the, the
1: day. What was the biggest surprise you think you got from that interview, Nick?
0: the biggest surprise biggest surprise is that phil still has not officially shut the door on another season <laughs> which
1: where is he doesn't he have to Don't i i don't know because he'd be in grad school or whatnot i know the yeah. semester starts i guess like ne- early next week but yeah
0: i don't know i don't know but he's keeping the door open like because there's so much uncertainty with how the nfl is going like Are they gonna have a pro day? What's the combine doing? They're moving the combine out of Indy for some reason. Like,
1: well, they're they're uh, they're gonna have to do uh, like video drills or something. Is yeah, I don't, I
0: don't, I don't don't get it. But the NCAA is moving the entire tournament to Indy, and you can't hold the combine there. Like, I get maybe reducing some numbers, but moving it out of Indy that just seems stupid. Yeah, um, but yeah.
1: I thought they would have the combine. They would just shut out all the media, and they probably tell NFL teams you can't bring 800 people here. Yeah,
0: yeah, you only get, you know. 15, 8, 15 or whatnot. Or, yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, which but, which uh, would make sense, but, you know, NFL, uh, who knows. Um, so they, they should – I think that's part of the reason. But, yeah, Phil hasn't completely shut out yeah. the door. I did ask him, too, who's going to be – like who's, who's the underclassman on the D-line that's going to pop out for us? Who do you think they said?
1: underclassmen yeah let's say it seems like a lot of people are big on Oxidine, so i'll say ox
0: they didn't they they actually gave me the pr answer but they did they weren't like explicit in it either like it it wasn't because they wanted to just their reasoning behind it was yeah because like one of them would do something once a week we're like oh man that guy's gonna be really good like it would kind of rotate as to who was standing out in practice, which I think is really encouraging. They would that, say all the freshmen. Yeah. Between all the freshmen, like between yeah. Ox and Hayes and Rogers, like they all would flash at different times. Yeah. They were engaged. And that's that's really encouraging to you. Not only like like that means that they were probably using this year the right way because they had seniors telling them how to do things the right way. And to not have pressure on those really talented guys, like that's – to go back to your window thing, like, hell, two years from now, they'll still be true sophomores technically, but three years in. Mm-hmm. And five-star, four-star prospects that – Yeah,
1: I'm not even – I can fill like, up some I, gaps I, there. I'm not even going to count. Like, we can get there when those guys get seniors. Like, to try to add all that up in my head, like, he's a blank <laughs> freshman or <laughs> – Right, right, not, right, like My brain has been trained a certain way for about 30 years of, or thirty-one years—a lot. I don't. That's just going to be hard to get past. So I'm just going to consider these guys what they usually are until we until we cross the bridge. But <laughs> for those for those three freshmen, I think this is a big spring for them because there's two starting spots wide open. Um, next to Pascal. they're in the three down. They're going to get up, get to go up against a good offensive line uh, in spring ball. I um, mean, there's opportunity for playing time after they they learn the ropes their first year. So, I think it's a big opportunity. All three of them, I think, could even, I think you could throw Ripka in there. All three of them could uh, Mm -hmm. potentially make an impact. But I think spring is important. And I don't know how spring ball is going to work or when it's even going to start.
0: We don't have dates, but Scott and his Tots, they're doing the traditional. We're going to play spring practice in the snow. We're going to start in February and be done by St. Patrick's Day. That guy, he sucks so much. My God.
1: They're doing that still.
0: Yeah, February eighteenth is when they're starting spring practice. Dude ha- just loathes spring practice. He just wants to get it over with as soon as possible. Makes no yeah. sense, especially when like they might open up recruiting in April.
1: They might let you have unofficial but, visitors. You know, this is the same guy Nick that was at a Luke Combs concert while his quarterback was flipping the Florida State. <laughs> uh, like, he's not a uh, you know all into. <laughs>
0: oh man that's great that's great like, I, don't, oh, I don't i don't
1: I, yeah i don't understand i don't, like, I don't understand that yeah but, but usually I, the signing like usually the spring you're so burnt out from the old signing day fill out the signing day in february you need a couple weeks off to kind of recharge your batteries and then get out and practice well and they're and just pushing a, through
0: a weightlifting standpoint too like that's when your gains are like uk's they're mass building and like we're gonna beat our maxes it's all month of january like month of january yeah. and february is when they are busting ass to like put like to really make improvements in the weight room and they, i mean because they, like they give them the month of may off you know and like the summer is usually training for fall and less so like to go so early you're limiting your strength program too it's just it's well i think
1: to- You can get around that probably. You just do that stuff in April, I would assume. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, but still, eat it, Scott Satterfield. Yeah, I just
1: it is. Loser. Wonder why why he does that? That just seems.
0: Yeah, You're, you're gonna love what they say about Louisville too. Very, it's 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 the best kind of comedy. So
1: did you? I'll let say did you get an answer for him about what he did chasing after Hawkman?
0: i did i did oh we'll that's okay it's, it's a lot of fun it's all we'll i'll piece. enjoy it but um i think it's time for us to go look at, time for us to just get the hell out of here
1: it is man it's uh it's starting to slow down a little bit thankfully tennessee give us plenty of content this week
0: oh but, yeah uh, yeah and i'm sure they'll do something else stupid next week or you know well, we'll, we'll still get plenty um hell we're gonna have a super bowl matchup after next week uh, so.
1: brady brady's lurking
0: Man, he's if, lurking. <laughs> he is. I would. I would enjoy that. I would enjoy Brady versus Bills too, because like, think about the nightmares that Bills fans are gonna have. Yeah, know? yeah, that would just be good. two weeks of PTSD. Um, yeah. yeah, like Patrick Mahomes is playing though. Like, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that the NFL would yeah. be like, yes, you, you've cleared all of the hurdles you need. The neck,
1: the neck probably saves them on that. That it was just a, uh, what are they calling it? Like a pinched Neck. nerve or something
0: right right because he didn't like his head didn't hit the ground nobody hit and that's what leg. it looked
1: like live but it get him getting up was that was yeah that, that looked was bad like, yeah if he didn't do that I, probably wouldn't be thinking much of it but that he that did do that was kind of scary so we'll see if it gets through protocol
0: man if the brownies would have pulled off that upset there though
1: that one that's that was missed opportunity man <laughs> they had because I mean, Mahomes is going to be there every year, and they had him down and out. They were right for the taking, they had the they game, didn't, they had the opportunities, and they just couldn't get it done. The
0: not the not having the four down mentality when you're a running football team, you have an incomplete like they had a bad run on first down, run it on second and third, and make it fourth and three, and then you know, yeah, keep the They were going to do it,
1: and then I think they would have had a decent chance against the Bills, but if they could have. Gone in there and established a run and kind of dictated the game, but they didn't. That's tough. Been. I thought that was a big opportunity for them. They had a chance, but couldn't get it done. We're running out of football games though. I
0: think I'm even debating on like asking my parents if the baby can stay with them so I can just get hammered on Sunday and like stuff my face with buffalo wings and just like football. Yeah, two fun,
1: cause... two fun matchups. I'm excited. Two, our
0: last. Really good championship Saturday or Sunday. Three football games left, folks. Let's uh, let's enjoy them while we can, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this. Listen to this podcast of Eleven Personnel. Make sure to subscribe, download each week. If you want, go ahead and leave us a review. We might read some reviews next week. Like it, that could be a fun little change of pace. There we go. Feel like insulting us by all means. You got the green light. Um, But one thing you should always remember to do: go cats and go Kroger.